Hello everyone, I'm your host Luke, and today I'll be taking a look at the weird 7,000-year-old Ubaid lizardmen statues. Ancient Reptilians, the unanswered mystery of the 7,000-year-old lizardmen. Men. is a commonly accepted view in mainstream archaeology that civilization started ancient Mesopotamia with the civilization of Sumer in what is now modern-day Iraq. However, at the beginning of the 20th century, archaeologists excavating at Tel al-Ubaid in Iraq made an unusual discovery when they unearthed several 7,000-year-old artifacts which appeared to represent humanoid figures with reptilian faces. The Ubaidan culture is a prehistoric culture in Mesopotamia. The dates uh, between 4000 and 5500 BC. As with the Sumerians, the origins of the Ubaidan people is unknown. They lived in large village settlements and mud brick houses, and they had developed architecture, agriculture, and farmland using irrigation. The domestic architecture of the Ubaidans included large T-shaped houses, open courtyards, paved streets, as well as food processing equipment. And according to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, some of these villages developed in to towns, temples began to appear, as well as monumental buildings such as in Eridu, Ur, and Uruk, the major sites of the Sumerian civilization. Sumerian texts explain that Ur uh, was believed to be the first city. So, discovering these figurines. The main site where these artifacts were discovered is called Tel al Ubaid, although figurines were also found in Ur and Uradu. This main site is a small mound of about half a kilometer in diameter and two meters above ground. First excavated by Harry Reginald Hal in 1919, male and female figurines were found in different postures. Most of the f figurines appeared to be wearing a helmet and have some kind of padding on the shoulders. Other figurines were found to hold a staff or a scepter, possibly as a symbol of justice and ruling, and each figurine has a different pose, but the strangest of all is that some female figurines hold babies suckling milk, with the child also represented as a lizard-type creature. So, these figurines were presented are presented with long heads, almond-shaped eyes, long tapered faces, and a lizard-type nose. What exactly they represent is completely unknown. According to archaeologists, their postures, such as a female figure breastfeeding, do not suggest that they were ritualistic objects. So, what do they represent? Whatever they were, they appear to have been important to the ancient Ubaidan people. We know that the serpent was a major symbol used in many societies to represent a number of gods. 
For example, the Sumerian god Enki and the snake was used later on as a symbol for the Brotherhood of the Snake, which was supposedly an ancient secret society. Um, so is there a possible link between the symbol of the snake and the representations of lizards? So going back to the Ubaidan civilization, um, there's an ancient Mesopotamian culture that existed between 4,500 to 4,000 BCE. Um, the origins, like those of the Sumerians, are unknown. They lived in huge village communities and mud brick homes and had sophisticated architecture, agriculture, and irrigated farming. They had large T-shaped homes, wide courtyards, paved walkways, and food processing equipment that were all part of the domestic architecture. Some of these settlements grew into cities, and temples and massive structures began to appear. I wonder if it's possible that they had ziggurats. Um, the first person to dig at the site was in 1919 by the name of Harry Reginald Hal. Um, and this site, Al-Ubaid, uh, consists of a tiny mound roughly half a kilometer in diameter and two meters above ground. Um, so researchers investigated the matter of how they're related to other reptilian depictions from around the ancient world and discovered an intriguing idea. We know that the Hopi Indians of northern Arizona have legends dating back hundreds of years about their, quote, snake brothers constructing underground cities throughout Arizona, Mexico, and Central America. Furthermore, the Toltec Mayan god of Gukamots was sometimes referred to as a, quote, serpent of wisdom, we had a part in educating humans. The Cherokee and other Native American tribes have stories about a race of reptiles as well. As a result, it would not be a leap to believe they could have done the same in other regions of the world. In India, a few Texan traditions mention the Naga, who are reptilian creatures who reside underground and frequently interact with humans. Indian writings also mention a group of men known as the Sarpa, a reptile race with snake-like noses and serpentine legs. Uh, tales of the Kappa um, may be heard throughout Japan. In the Middle East, where the sculptures were discovered, there's also evidence of a reptile race, as well as reptilian-like individuals ranging from the djinn, to dragons and serpent men, and a snake race is detailed in considerable detail in the Lost Book of Joshua. <laughs> so, um, who are the mysterious reptilians? Many people are reminded of an item that ran in the January 27th issue 
the LA Times when they hear about these sculptures. The headline read, quote, Lizard People's Catacomb City is being hunted. The plot revolved around a long-lost city of catacombs with immeasurable wealth and documents of an advanced species of people. G. Warren Schufelt, um, a geophysicist and mining engineer, got preoccupied with uncovering the buried city beneath Fort Moore Hill in the hopes of revealing the lizard people's secrets. Uh, Mount Schufelt thought that hidden in the catacombs were gold tablets carrying information that would prove beneficial to the human race as <laughs> the lizard people were of a far better intellectual caliber than current humans. He was so certain that he dug a 250-foot hole in the ground. He used x-rays to sketch out what he thought was the pattern of the ancient city's tunnels and vaults, large chambers in the domes of the hills above the city of labyrinths house a thousand families. He wasn't sure that the maze of tunnels previously belonged to the lizard people until he saw little Chief Greenleaf in the Hopi Indians Medicine Lodge and Mr. Shufelt was certain he'd discovered one of the lizard people's underground towns after Chief Greenleaf informed him about them. In fact, he realized that the city itself resembled a lizard after analyzing the layout of the tunnels. According to legend, the lizard people possessed one key chamber that served as a directory to all areas of the city. Furthermore, the tell claims that all of the city's records were stored to be stored on gold tablets four feet long and 14 inches broad. I mean, this kind of reminds me of the... Um, Dolce Base. Um, you know how there's a huge underground complex... Blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. So I just want to read more about the Biden civilization. So um, the Ubaid period ranging from 6500 to 3700 BC is a prehistoric period of Mesopotamia. The name derives from Tel al-Ubaid, or the earliest large excavation of this period material was conducted initially in 1919 by Henry Hall and later by Leonard Woolley. In South Mesopotamia, the period is the earliest known period on the alluvial plain, although as likely earlier periods exist obscured, obscured under the alluvium. In the South, it has a very long duration between about 6500 and 3800 BC, when it was replaced by the Uruk period. In northern Mesopotamia, the period runs only between about 5300 and 4300 BC, is preceded by the Halaf period and the Halaf Ubaid transitional period, and succeeded by the late Chalcolithic period. Um,
so obviously it's so old it's very <laughs> hard to get almost anything on them so it's more talking about their uh, buildings Ubaid culture is characterized by large unwalled village settlements multi-room rectangular mud brick houses and the appearance of the first temples of public architecture in Mesopotamia. The growth of a two-tier settlement hierarchy of centralized large sites of more than 10 hectares, surrounded by smaller village sites of less than one hectare. Domestic equipment included a distinctive fine quality buff or greenish colored pottery decorated with geometric designs in brown or black paint. Tools such as sickles were often made of hard-fired clay in the south, while in the north, stone and sometimes metal were used. Villages thus contained specialized craftspeople, potters, weavers, and metal workers, although the bulk of the population were agricultural laborers, farmers, and seasonal pastoralists. During the Ubaid period, which here they list from 5,000 to 4,000 B.C., the movement towards urbanization began. Agriculture and animal husbandry uh, were widely practiced in sedentary communities. There, there were also tribes that practiced domesticating animals as far north as Turkey and as far south as the Zagros Mountains. The Ubaid period in the south was associated with intensive irrigated hydraulic agriculture and the use of the plow both introduced from the north, possibly through the earlier Chogamami, Haji Muhammad, and Samara cultures. So, they mentioned tribes that practiced domesticating animals as far north as Turkey. I wonder if the Ubaid culture is uh, tied to the... What is that one... It's a Potbelly Hill or something. It's a really, really old uh, Potbelly. Oh, Gobekli Tepe. That dates all the way back to 9600 BC. Like that is... Would be interesting since it seems like this was so close to um, um, that period. So they had pottery, they dealt with obsidian, um, there's Ubaid uh, 1 through 5, uh, the Lizard people statues. It looks like there's one that comes from Ubaid 3, uh, but most of them come from Ubaid 4. There's the one statue of the female figure holding the um, ch child suckling. Um, there are two female figurines with bitumen headdresses. Um, Uh, 
And then there's two female figurines that one is just the female torso and then the other is a another female torso with her hands kind of joined in front of her stomach. And then you just kind of see the uh, lower uh, pelvic region down to the knees. But there's, I mean, it's, they're so worn away, it's kind of hard to even tell. Um, their pottery is beautiful. Um, I mean, it mainly seems to depict like a gazelle on their pottery. There's another drop-shaped tangent pendant seal and modern impression of two quadrupeds that um, that stayed from 4500 to 3500 BC that to me just looked like gazelle or antelope, which I think would have been in that area. But um, yeah. Um, so there was social, uh, stratification in their society and, um, it, from what we can tell is that their culture saw the rise of an elite class of hereditary chieftains, perhaps heads of kin groups linked in some way to the administration of the temple shrines and their granaries. Uh, responsible for mediating intra-group conflict and maintaining social order. Um, the culture originated in the south, but still has clear connections to earlier cultures in the region of Middle Iraq. The appearance of the Ubayid uh, folk has sometimes been linked to the so-called Sumerian problem, related to the origins of Sumerian civilization. Whatever the ethnic or origins of this group, the culture saw for the first time a clear tripartite social division between intensive subsistence peasant farmers with crops and animals coming from the north, tent-dwelling nomadic pastoralists dependent upon their herds, and hunter-fisher folk of the Arabian literal living in reed huts. Um, and they even had boats that are dated back to the Ubayid uh, third period. Um, So some theories and interpretations of the uh, lizard people statues. Um, the parent or the first con comment is just based on that. Uh, there's not a lot of actual research done on it. It's just tied to like ancient aliens and Gaia.com nonsense. Um, 
a good and relatively recent 2006 paper on the subject is, quote, a snake in the grass, reassessing the ever-intriguing Ophidian figures um, by Aureli Dames. And it was published by the Oriental Institute at the University of Chicago and currently available as a PDF file on their website. That volume also has other paper, papers, including one on Ubayid head shaping, which is particularly relevant to these figurines. Um, oh, so basically they're saying that um, they are, this might be a result of uh, cranial uh, deformation. Um, we have figures representing both males and females. But dimorphism is less evident in figures of the Ubayid period. You have uh, male figurines in the bottom right. Uh, the Ubayid figures tend to show male and female figures with similar proportions. And rather than emphasizing the difference between the genders, they tend to emphasize the forms of body ornamentation. Assuming the marks represent tattoos or ritual scarification. And cranial deformation common to both. Uh, we seem to be on much more secure ground when it comes to explaining the shape of the heads of the figurines. These almost certainly represent skulls that were found in infancy to deliberately modify the shape. Um, we have good osteological evidence for the practice from excavated human remains from the period. The practice of intentional cranial deformation by binding the skull in infancy is strongly supported by skeletal evidence from a number of uh, 5th millennium sites in the region. These sites include Degermantepe and Arpachia. In addition, we may have evidence from Eridu, although this is a little less certain due to the fragmentary nature of the remains. Um, yeah, so they look like just the standard, very, um, almond shaped heads, I guess. And then it looks like they have trepanation, but I don't know. Um, Ozpec's 2003 study of the skeletal remains from 31 individuals at Tepe provided solid evidence for artificial cranial deformation, uh, probably achieved by binding the skull in infancy. Uh, this study revealed 13 skeletons showing evidence for deliberate cranial deformation. And in this case, the practice was observed across all age ranges from the sample. The evidence strongly suggested that the required deformation was achieved by binding the head with bandages. This caused flattening or compression of the frontal bone of the skull. Uh, so basically these figurines, the long and short of it is that uh, it may have just been either um, related to uh, cranial deformation uh, somehow as some kind of ideal. 
Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Sorry I only got one episode out this week. Uh, it's been busy at work, but anyways. I uh, hope you have a good weekend. Um, I'll try to do one uh, this Sunday. Peace out.